You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. I don't know why you're still up, and I don't know why you're listening to a Packers podcast after what we just watched, but um, I guess you're a glutton for punishment just like me, because I'm going to listen to callers after that. Um, So I expect this to be painful. And then when this is done, I have to do tomorrow's podcast as well. So I get to relive that many, many times. Um, but I figured I'd start with this, um, partially because it's, you know, due first. I need to post this at 10. The other one's not due until tomorrow, but also because you guys are probably going to give me some stuff to, uh, you know, to think about. So, um, some of these calls came in late yesterday, but, um, so they, they, they have not seen the game, but I want to get to the calls anyways, if we can, I guess if it even makes sense. So I expect this to start light and then turn dark at <laughs> at some random point. Hey. Hey. I'm not too hurtful about the uh, whole, what do you call me, Mr. Potato Head thing. Yeah. Our license plates do say famous potatoes on them. There you go. Anywhere I've gone. This is Mr. Potato Head calling, by the way. Somebody always calls me a potato when I work out of state. It's random. But uh, I'm just kind of curious what Packernet stands for. Is it Packernet stands for Packer Network? So in long form, your podcast is Packer Network Podcast Network. Is that is that where you're going with that? Anyways, just wondering. Later. No, Packernet, um, Packernet.com was established in like 1997. Um, and I believe it's Packers and Internet fused together. I don't know, but that's my assumption. So when I started the podcast, I started the podcast as an extension of Packernet.com, and it became the Packernet Podcast. Packernet Podcast Network is a new thing this year. So, but again, I don't know. I'm not positive that Packernet is Packers Internet, but that's my thought. I'm not positive. Plus, I remember back in the 90s, like when Internet was still kind of new, the net was kind of a thing, like the web on the net, get on the web, those kinds of things. So Packernet was probably a little bit more intuitive than it is today because nobody says, eh, they might say the web. I don't know about the net. Hey, Ryan. This is Jim from Arkansas. Hey. I was just thinking with the whole thing with uh, Jagger and Commander and the captain thing, yep. you're exactly right. You go to each player, you say, hey, do you want to be captain one day? If they do, you put their number in a pot, you draw it out, and you give them captain one day. Why are we going to get these players upset over something so dumb. Yep. You know, I never thought it would be a problem before. Now I do. They need to fix it. What do you think? Take care. Yeah, what what purpose does it serve? I don't understand. Like, we need a captain. For what? What does that even mean? And I, I know it's not, it's like football has captains and hockey has captains and there's a lot of captains. What does that mean, you're the captain? What do you do when you're the captain? I I, I don't understand the purpose of captain. Um, it's not a position on the football field. I don't think they really do anything other than maybe at the coin toss, but I think it's stupid. I don't think it serves a purpose. Uh, you might have your game day captains, which can kind of rotate or whatever, but the, the whole, we need captains for the season thing. And then we got a bunch of grown babies crying about it. I just, I just think the whole thing is stupid. I mean, it's stupid that people cry about it, but it's also stupid that we have it to begin with. So it's a whole lot of stupid all the way around, so I don't know. Greetings from Germany. I got a question. Hey. It's game day. Yes. I got a question, though. All preseason. Yep. <laughs> all of it. Most of you have heard nothing but the Packers being stymieing Rodgers in the offense, trying to get anything going, blowing up run plays, rushing is destroying that Rogers himself said that. My question is, is this a matter of the Packers D being quote unquote great this year? Or is it 
that a line in our offense sucks this year. I guess we're going to find out. Have a good day and go pack go today. Well, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that week one tells us anything about the season as we learned last year, but if week one was an indication, or let's just say we use that as an answer to your question, it was painfully obvious what the answer was. The defense was not impressive. The offense was even less impressive. And I would say specifically the offensive line was just terrible. I mean, the run blocking was better than expected, but um, yeah, it was pretty bad. Hey, Ryan. This is Nico from Idaho. What up, Nico uh, from Idaho? Three. I see that. Game day. I've been up since 3 a.m. because I'm a freak. Yeah. And I'm freaking excited about this game today. I'm sorry. Um, so I'm trying to be quiet because I'm laying in bed and my wife's right over there and I don't want to wake her up, you know. So, uh, but, oh, by the way, the pork chop pack, that was me. Yep. Um, I wasn't talking about smoking. We're talking about just a regular grill. I get it. I'm just saying it was a smoking concept kind of thing. And, uh, I'm, so I'm listening to some old podcast that I'm catching up, and someone asked what Darius Smith can put on his shirt. Um, you know, uh, I hope he doesn't do anything because, uh, you know, the guy, I just, he's my new favorite guy to hate. Uh, I don't know why he'd associate with Packer fans because all he did was play videos of how cool Packer fans were when he come off the field. Hey, look, everybody. Look how cool Packer fans are. Oh, they cheer. Oh, the best fans ever. Boy, it just didn't take long. He didn't get voted captain. Now we're the worst fans. You know what? Freaking, he should write, I'm a douchebag on his shirt. Freaking moron. Anyway, oh, I should be loud. Sorry. Uh, what? Um, so go pack go. I'm freaking out. Uh, Aaron Jones, I think, will have more pass attempts at than maybe anyone today. Uh, I think Rodgers is going to really lean on the running backs a lot, especially that Lazard is out, uh, which is, you know, he's not no Adams, but he's a, a guy that he's got some faith in. So I think he's going to lean more, a lot on the receivers, unless one of the rookies goes goes nuts. If they do, that would make me scream a lot and piss my neighbors off. So, hey, go back, go. And uh, I'm trying to see if I can get a little shutout for the game. Uh, if not, I'm just going to go out there and start pre-gaming around 530. So, uh Here's to a win today. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. Well, I am sorry that you were up all day for that showing, but you're right about the running backs. Um, they're actually pretty evenly distributed, which is kind of cool, actually. Um, there's, there's actually a lot of things about this game that got me excited. It just, the execution just wasn't quite where it needed to be, right? It's, it's more an issue of consistency than anything else. We saw good in almost every facet, but it just wasn't consistent enough, you know? And you... The point of football is you have to be almost perfect. You know, if if you're a defense that's good 50% of the time, well, that's a lot of scores. You know what I mean? Um, offense, in order to sustain drives all the way down the field, you have to be good a long time. And we saw that. The Packers were good for a pretty long time, but not quite long enough to get the right points up on the board. But, um, yeah, Dylan was the most targeted, six targets, and the most receptions with five. And then... Um, Aaron Jones, Robert Tunyon, and Romeo Dobbs each had five targets. Christian Watson had four, and then you had Watkins, Cobb with three, DeGuaro with two, Winfrey, and Tyler Davis with one. So not a terrible distribution. Nobody had a lot of yards. I mean, anybody that was looking at a 1,000-yard receiver, um, the most amount of yards was 46. I mean, who knows? Maybe Lazard comes back and tears it up, but... Um, that's assuming he even comes back in a slightly timely manner. Um, I think this is kind of what we expected, a lot of distribution. And again, I like that. We just got to get guys on the same page a little bit better because they're, we're not. Hey, Ryan, it's Lane from Illinois. Hey. <clears throat> Pardon me. I may not be very clear to you breaking out because I'm traveling through Chicago. By the way, this is uh, 2 o'clock p.m., so I think this is going to be the last pre-game call the next one is at four so we got a couple like during the game calls but this is the last pre-game just a heads up and i have to hold my breath you know i uh, was listening to a little bit of the bears game today and i heard that they were losing at halftime but i've been binging on your podcast and you know the rest of the team 
And uh, uh, in your last one for game day today, all these experts for the national media are just counting the Packer offense, the receivers. And I got to thinking, well, how many drop passes are they going to have today? By the time you hear this, the game will be over. But I'm going on record saying four. But the thing is, is Rogers is going to throw five TDs. It's going to be a cakewalk, 42-21, Green Bay. <laughs> i got to put my towel back on again before I start to up chuck. Go pack. Um, well, I think you said four drops. We, we beat that. I think it was just one. Um, it was obviously a massive one. I hate to hang the whole game on Christian Watson, but man, does that change a lot if he catches that pass? A lot of things went wrong after that, but um, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of TD passes, unfortunately. So painful to have to even play that, but there you go. Hey, buddy. Hey, I'm, John. Uh, I'm here at State Farm Stadium. Oh, nice. It is loud AF, man, and I'm still full from having three brats and six chicken wings out in the parking lot before we walk inside. It's 100 degrees outside, about 72 degrees inside here. And uh, it's been a long time since I've been to a pro football game. It is loud. But just wanted to check in, let you know I'm thinking about you here, watching the KC uh, Chiefs kick their not out of the tournament. Go back, go. Yeah, I was looking at that. I'll see what the final score of that game was. 44 to 21. Oh, my goodness. I... I was mentioning when I did the live stream during the Bears game, I think every single thing I said got jinxed, just about. Almost, like, everything. You know, Joe Burrow, MVP, like, be- possibly best quarterback. He throws, what, four interceptions, has a, a turnover. I mean, they, they almost came back to win the game, which is astounding, but still. Um, what the heck was else was it? There were a bunch of things that I said that it's like, it's, it's oddly specific things. Oh, that ended in a tie. That's stupid. Week one, Colts, Texans end in a tie. That's ridiculous. I don't even know what the ending of some of these games were. Cleveland won 26-24. That's interesting. But, uh, yeah, uh, just kind of down the line. Dang, Detroit almost came back. I didn't even know that. I had no idea Detroit almost came back and won. I saw, last I saw was like 21-38 or something. I, I There was a certain point where I just switched everything off, and I didn't even bother to look at a single other thing because the Packers were getting started. Um, I actually scolded Clayton for even updating me because like, I don't care. Don't want to hear it. Um, yeah, so anyways, man, hope you enjoyed your day a little bit more than maybe the rest of us did. If you can't tell, the game has started. <laughs> I mean, you've talked about it for many months now, if not a couple of years. And we've all kind of had it in the back of our heads. But my goodness, you talk about, you know, cashing them in. It's only the second quarter, but my God. Uh, somebody's got to do something there. and Maybe it's not Aaron. Maybe it's the coach. Put the pedal to the metal. Let's go. Let's bust some heads and crack some skulls. It's only the Vikings, right? I don't know. I don't have a question. <laughs> I guess my I'm, I'm just a little bit confused at the moment. Certainly, you can notice the time. It's Germany minus eight hours central, which is six hours eastern, which is nine hours Pacific. And there's there's a time zone in there somewhere. <laughs> have a good one. And my yeah, let's go. I can't imagine. This is crazy. I mean, if you sit here and watch the play calling, well, okay. Yeah, what's what the hell? Josh is like, well, go ahead, man. Go ahead and just go ahead and kill him. Ah, I think everybody needs a drink of beer. <laughs> That's all I got to say right now. I might get... I might go get another beer. I might call you again, but hey, this is not fun and games anymore. I mean, it's all fun. It's nice and everything, but damn it, play some football. Jeez. I get it, man. I get it. Yeah, and, and the pouting didn't help, you know. It feels like 
things kind of picked up a little bit and it still wasn't enough, but the, the pouting is just annoying. I, I just, I don't, I don't like it. And I understand it's frustrating. I mean, we're doing it as fans. You're doing it in your call. I was doing it on the live stream. So it's hard to, it's hard to say that the players shouldn't do it because obviously they should be more invested than we are, but it's still, you're going to have to fake it, man. You're going to have to find a way to dig deep and, and not go down that path because everything falls apart, you know? Aaron Rodgers in particular, you know, when he's feeling good, the rest of the team's feeling good. When he's feeling pouty, the whole team falls apart. He's got to find a way to dig deep and fake it. I don't know. Maybe it's unfair to ask him to do that, but find a way. Hey, Ryan. Chuck from Edward, Washington. Hey. It's almost halftime, and we're sucking real bad here. Uh, feels like 2018, and everything just went to crap all over again. Why do we do this? Why do we keep going with this team? Why do we... How do we deal with this stuff? Anyways, why? That was the thing that scared me the most, although I, I again, I'm sure we felt this way last year. Um, it's just scarier now because last year it was the same team. You know, 2021 is the same team as 2020 for the most part, so we know we're not that bad. This year, we don't know that, <laughs> you know. We assume that the defense is not that bad, and we hope the offense isn't that bad, but we're a little nervous because Devontae left and maybe it is that bad, but it, it, it did. The, the only time I saw things like this felt like 2018, even like the play calling, you know, the fourth and one, we spread everybody out. I, you know, so certain specific things kind of got me feeling nervous. And, and again, the, the, the pouting fourth quarter and all that, but you know, they, they just gotta, they gotta figure it out. And, and what I mean by that is they got a lot of people that don't know what they're doing yet. So it's it's in my mind it's not a talent thing it's just guys don't know what they're doing they're not up to speed and uh, hopefully it'll it'll go by a little quicker um, I'm I'm relatively confident about week two with the Chicago Bears because they look terrible however if that's the same level of effort I'm not positive we win I mean their offense obviously is nowhere near the caliber of the Vikings offense which is great and I think our defense is going to have much more success against a worse offensive line worse wide receivers worse quarterback probably worse tight end worse running back I mean everything is worse but if our offense comes out and looks sluggardly you know and the pass rush is still there because our offensive line still can't block and you know Aaron Rodgers doesn't have time to wait for guys to complete their routes. Cause I, I, I'm telling you, I mean, I'll, I'll go back and watch, but I'm quite positive. There were several instances where guys are open and before Rogers can even get his eyes up, he's got to break the pocket and run. And, and, you know, these are not the guys you want doing scramble drills. This is not Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb back in the day. I mean, Randall's still there, but he's just one guy, but it used to be, there's a bunch of guys that are really good at it. They've, they've got this mind meld with, with Rogers and honestly, when, when after the Cobb and Jordy days, that all kind of went by the wayside. Um, even Devontae wasn't quite as good, I don't think, at that kind of stuff as we what we used to have. But um, now that Devontae's gone, it's like once the route is done, if they're not there, they don't know what to do. And so, you know, once he breaks the pocket, the play's done. And, you know, that's kind of how that's maybe the reason why we're drawn to 2018, because it kind of feels the same way. Rodgers breaks the pocket and throws. Remember when he led? I don't think it was 2018, but he led the league in throwaways. What was that maybe 2019 or something? That's kind of what it feels like, because there's once the play is dead, it's dead. And Rodgers, by the way, spent way too much time hoping somebody was going to come open. He needed once that play was dead to just throw the ball away. How many sacks is this guy going to take hoping that maybe somebody will come open? Can't be doing that, man. I'm just checking text messages on this Google Voice, and Chuck sent a text message. He says, I'm watching the live stream. Clayton has been eating for an hour and a half straight. Where is he putting all that food? <laughs> but anyways, we're kind of ripping through the questions. I probably just, I don't know. It, it's the nature of the situation, but we'll take a break here. We've got a handful more calls. I don't expect a ton of elaboration on those calls either. So please remember, if you want something positive to happen, you can do something positive, and that is head over to pristineauction.com, hit the register button, look for the registration code, put FARVE, F-A-V-R-E, enter in your information, whatever else they need, and you are registered to win a signed Jordy Nelson Super Bowl trophy. It ain't all bad, man. You can still do something positive today, and that's it. On top of that, you're going to get 10 bucks off any item that you win, at least the first time, so you win a sweet, you know... Christian Watson signed helmet for 50 bucks. You're going to get 10 bucks off. 
So upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia. Get you that signed Jordy trophy for free. It's all good. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, man. So, that time is over, and Arizona's got the ball. Um, you know this is John in Phoenix. I think he's breaking up real bad, so we'll end it there. But, John, I appreciate you calling from the stadium, man. That's pretty cool stuff. Um, I can just tell Google is not even picking up any of your words anymore, and you are breaking up, so I don't want to subject anybody to that. Oh, and I'm sorry. I've got a couple. I've got a, a new caller, and I just I completely botched it. So here's our new caller that was supposed to be first today. Hey, Zach, Daddy. Hey. This is uh, Squidly Diddly. Squidly Diddly. From Michigan. I uh, dig it. Let's do that. I was watching your uh, stream, and you guys look pretty sad, so I figured I'd call to cheer you up. And, uh, I don't know. Probably not going to be a very good year, bud. Just think, Justin Fields and Trubisky won today. Yeah, but the problem is, yeah, I get it. The problem is I watched Justin Fields. And that dude was trash. So I'm not worried about that. That That's not going to really upset me that much. I mean, it's annoying that they got the W, right? They shouldn't have. They certainly didn't deserve it. They got handed that by Trey Lance, who shouldn't even be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But Justin Fields was terrible today. Um, the entire offense, the, the defense wasn't even necessarily that impressive. Uh, the How many t- inter- um, penalties did the 49ers gift them on top of that? Um, Justin Fields, eight of 17 for 121 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. And by the way, he had that one like 50 yard touchdown pass to a wide open player. You, you take that away. And, um, what's he sitting at seven of 16 for like 80 yards, a touchdown and a pick. It was, it was garbage and you can blame the rain if you want, but it, it really wasn't raining for like three quarters of that game. Maybe two quarters. I don't know, but it, it, it wasn't raining that bad for most of it down, down the stretch. It was after the Bears had already taken the lead, which is why the, I was saying the 49ers have no chance of coming back at this point. But yeah, their, their offense and their defense was terrible. But you, you've got these turnovers. Um, you know, Debo Samuel was just about to score. He allowed the fumble there. There was that horrific throw that Eddie Jackson picked off. I think they ended up getting the ball real good field position. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching that replay right now because I wanted to look at the stats. Let's see where he threw this ball from. Come on, speed it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. That one, that one, that one. Where is it? Here it is. So he throws the ball from... Now it looks like it was only 21 yards, but he ran way backwards and to the other side of the field, so it looked longer than it was. But 21 yards... Well, plus plus he ran it from the 30, so it was actually 51 yards. 30 yards was after the catch. So it was actually only 70 yards, aside from that one completely blown play. He threw for seven completions for 70 yards. Uh, a touchdown and a pick. So yeah, I, I, you know, it's annoying that Chicago won, but again, I watched the game. They did not play very well. Um, but yeah, we were definitely sad on the stream because that sucked. It was a garbage performance and I just don't want to start the season that way. You know, squidly diddly. It's just not how you want to start it. Aren't you from, you from Michigan? Aren't you a Lions fan? I doubt you're a Bears fan from Michigan. But yeah, there you go. So, so, I mean, again, the most annoying part is going to be the narrative for a week. Until we beat the Bears next week, we're going to have to hear about, all oh, the Packers are looking bad and things are falling apart and the receivers aren't there and Rodgers is already frustrated. Man, the Vikings are going to be the best offense we've ever seen 
in the history of the world, despite the fact that what did they even get as far as points? They got 23 points. That's not even, it's not even good. I mean, as, as much as the defense wasn't as good as, as it should have been, 23 points, that's substandard. Kansas City scored 44, right? Buffalo scored 31. The Chargers scored more, 24. In fact, that might have been one of the lowest scoring victories. Uh, Miami won scoring 20. Pittsburgh won uh, scoring 23. Chicago won scoring 19. Otherwise, yeah, that's that's it. So there were, what, two teams that won scoring less points? So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not interested in hearing a whole lot about how great the Vikings are. But that's what we're going to hear, right? The Vikings are going to be this elite powerhouse. The Packers are going to be a disaster. Justin Fields and the Bears are, are impressive because they beat this powerhouse 49ers team. We're going to have to hear all that. And even, even Detroit's probably going to get a lot of credit. They scored 30, they hung 35 points on the Eagles, right? So everybody was impressive except the Packers. That's going to be the narrative for the next week. And that's what's going to be annoying about the coming week. Hello, this is Brit, short for Brittany. From- it literally says Brett again. <laughs> that could not have been any more clear that she said Brit. And I'm telling you, I'm looking right at it. It says, hello, this is Brett, short for Brittany. I don't know. Google's, Google is not a fan of your name. Merrimack, Wisconsin. Hi. Just got done watching the Packer game. What a terrible effort. Yep. I don't understand why they didn't run it more, but I'm guessing they went with the Aaron Rodgers offense rather than the Matt LaFleur offense. Yep. Defense did not show up either. Just wondering what your thoughts were on why Tyler Davis played so much. It's another question I don't know. Can't throw a block to save his life. Um, hopefully we can bounce back with the Bears next week. Go Pat, go. Yeah, I think that I think that's a big thing that's also very annoying. And I, I can't say it's just a Packers thing because for all I know, this is how most coaches and things operate. But the the stubbornness is really obnoxious, right? There, there seems to be very little flexibility. In other words, this is what we planned all week, and this is what we're going to do, and, and I'm scared to get away from this because, I mean, this is what our game plan was, so we can't do anything else. There doesn't seem to be any ability to say, hey, we did this one thing, it's working, let's just keep doing it. I mean, you got a call sheet. You have the ability to call whatever play you want. I don't understand, like you said, with the running. The running's working, the passing is not, let's pass more. And it wasn't until like after halftime that they decided to start running the ball more. And lo and behold, that's when we really started to pick up the pace. And then it seems like we went back to the passing and things fell apart again. I don't know. They, they just get stubborn. And, and like you said, the Aaron Rodgers offense, maybe Rodgers is making checks at the line. Probably is. Because like I was saying on the stream, I don't know this to be the case, but Rodgers is an intelligent person who likes to, especially when it comes down to somebody challenging him, because he trusts his ability as a quarterback. If the defense is giving him a look that is um, favorable to passing, he's going to make a change to pass the ball. That's just what he's going to do. And um, because that's what the numbers tell him to do. That's what the textbook says to do. So he's going to throw the ball. I don't know how many times Matt LaFleur called a run that he changed. I have no idea. But if the defense is daring him to pass, he's going to, he's going to step up to the plate and, and take that challenge every time. And, and there needs to be a time. And Matt LaFleur is never going to step up and say, knock it off, we're running the ball. I don't care what the, what the look is. He's never going to say that to a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's not going to happen. Does it need to happen? Maybe. And again, I'm speculating. I don't know for sure that that's what happened. But we see this all the time with, with the losing, you know, the, the real bad losing games where it's like, why are we throwing so much if it's not working? You know, Aaron Rodgers is struggling like a lot of people sometimes. And I don't even think he necessarily had a bad day. I mean, there was some, again, throw the ball a little sooner. But even if it's not his fault, the passing isn't working. But there's just a, a, a refusal to do anything else. You know, I mean, he's, he's hearing footsteps and the pressure's getting there and the blocking is not good and the receivers aren't running the right route. Okay, then do something else. Now nah, we got this. Let's spread it out. We'll, we'll get him next time. I don't know. Uh, as far as Tyler Davis, I don't know that either. I don't know. Maybe he had a good day, but all I know is the first time I saw him was right after we ran the ball. It was, I don't remember the exact play, but I know we ran it to the right and there was nothing there and it got blown up. And the first thing I see is, is a number that I recognize. And I'm like, is that, Ty- there's no way that's Tyler Davis, but I'm pretty sure that's Tyler Davis. And sure enough, I checked the roster real quick, Tyler Davis, and he was out there a ton. Um, and that's, that's again, a stubbornness thing. And again, I don't know that he had a terrible day. I don't know if he had a good day. I don't, I don't exactly know 
where he ranked as far as the other tight ends. Maybe he did a great job blocking throughout. He was again, he was out there a ton. I only saw him miss one block. But um, you know, again, he struggled through the preseason. He didn't play very well. He had like the one good game, whatever. But the Packers just they like him, and that's it. And you're going to play because we like you. And Rodgers, with his stubbornness, first play of the game, Christian Watson drops a pass. He wouldn't even look their way until, you know, the the fourth quarter when Romeo Dobbs catches like four in a row and Christian Watson catches another one. I mean, things again start to pick up once you drop the stubbornness. But man, they they just, this is just the way we do things and that's it. And, you know, that's something you hear from the GMs too. You know, there's no real flexibility. This is how we do things here. This is going back to the Ron Wolf days, and there just doesn't seem to be a lot of flexibility, or at least it's very slow before they finally come around to, okay, fine, maybe we'll start looking at it. And um, it gets frustrating, but at the very least, they've got a week to go back and and review it and say, okay, we should have done this, we shouldn't have done that, um, and, and hopefully learn a little bit and Obviously, it'll be. And, and the other thing with, with Watson, and I'm not excusing the drop, that has nothing to do with preparation, but, you know, little things like not getting your head around fast enough on that play that almost ended up getting picked because he wasn't looking. Those are the kinds of things that happen when you don't even practice through the entire training camp. And then you get launched out there as one of the one of the top receivers. I don't know that we had a number one. It was supposed to be Sammy Watkins, but I don't know who the number one would be. And it's, it's actually a little encouraging that, that they thrust Christian Watson into such a premier role. I mean, as a blocker, as a receiver, the behind the line of scrimmage, the down the field, the intermediate, the blocking, everything that he was doing for a guy that hadn't done anything all training camp. But, um, you know, they, they just, they, everything needs more time. They need time to evaluate what the heck they're doing. They need to reevaluate their plans and, and how they handle things. And it, it just felt like they played scared of the offensive line. They didn't want to run the ball. They wanted to get the ball out of their hands quickly. They didn't really like challenging down the field. And, and to, to their credit, they weren't wrong a lot. I mean, there were so many play actions that by the time they, they got done with the play fake, somebody was right there. And again, he, he's going to have to scramble and take a sack or whatever. It was, it was, it was frustrating. It was, it was frustrating. And the stubbornness is just one facet. The bad blocking is another. The receivers not knowing what they're doing is another. And Rodgers making bad decisions is another. And the play calling is another. It's just they got a lot to look at. And, um, you know, the, the big rant that I went on on the stream and, you know, a lot of people, well, it's just week one. Okay. I get that. But why does it take them a week? Didn't take the Vikings a week to get their feet settled. I mean, a lot of other teams did. I mean, there's a lot of bad in the NFL. I mean, the Vikings, okay. Kudos to them for really being prepared. The bears look terrible. The 49ers look terrible. The Bengals look terrible. The Packers look terrible. The, the Rams look terrible. There's a lot of bad going on. So maybe that's more of the standard, but it, it is still annoying. You, you need to be better prepared. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Packer super fan. Well, that was disappointing, to say the least. Yeah. Um, um, I, guess, I guess the big thing is that I noticed is that uh, run-pass ratio. So Packers had 39 pass attempts, 18 rushing attempts. 6.2 yards Jeez. on the ground average rushing per See, I'm sorry to cut you off. That that makes me sick. Because coming into this game, we knew, right? The, I mean, the thing that got me nervous is I don't know how the run the offensive line is going to hold up, but we've got the running backs, and they have a terrible run defense. And that's what we're going to end up exploiting. But I was nervous we wouldn't be able to. You're t- I haven't looked yet, but you're telling me 6.2 yards on the ground average? That makes me sick. Gary. And... You know, they just they just gotta stick with the run more. Um, you know, that I thought they started out pretty good with you know, a decent run pass ratio. Uh, but then right around that part towards the end of that first half they got away from it. And, you know, then in the third quarter, you know, they started to run the ball again. Things started to turn around a little bit. Um, but you know, at the end again they're you know, they they got too far behind, you know, and it's but this run pass ratio is is just is not going to work. I mean, thirty nine passes to eighteen attempts, and I get it; they were behind, so they're going to pass a little bit more than they probably would have otherwise. But that's not winning. That's not a winning formula for the Packers. Packers need to be at about fifty fifty or maybe sixty forty at the most um, if they want to win these games. So I love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Yeah, so I'm just trying to pull that up myself. CBS doesn't show yards per carry for whatever reason. I don't know why, but um, my goodness. A.J. Dillon, 4.5-yard average. Aaron Jones, 9.8-yard average. 
both of those are great. Obviously, 9.8 is insane, and I know it's, a lot of it is just a big carry, but it doesn't matter. That's the point. It all averages out, and there's no reason to believe it wouldn't continue to uh, if you doubled those carries. 15 carries. I, You know, and, and again, they spent a lot of time going into this game plan, and I don't know if this was their game plan or if they got away from their game plan. I don't know exactly what happened, but I, I don't. This, if you ask any Vikings fan, this was their fear. They were afraid about their run defense. They were afraid that that was what was going to let them down, and it did, but we just did. We had 15 carries. This feels, you know, when we talk about feels like 2018, again, it's, it's silly. It's Mike McCarthy and everything. This felt like Mike McCarthy, right? Refuse to run the ball. Throw, 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 throw. And that's what makes me think, what's the common thread? It's not the coaches, it's the quarterback. Again, I don't know. But I just really struggle to believe that Matt LaFleur came into this game saying, we need to throw the ball a ton, first of all. I doubt that. that this, this defense is terrible against the run. At least they were last year. I just, I cannot imagine the plan is, with this offensive line especially, let's, let's put Rodgers in that pocket and have him throw to a bunch of inexperienced wide receivers. That's the plan going in. And you're telling me as the game progresses and we're getting, you know, great yardage on the ground, they decided to, to stick with the throwing plan? Maybe. I just, to me, it makes a lot more sense. They planned to run coming in and just got away from it. That's what makes the most sense to me personally, but I, I don't know. But it's, it's very frustrating because we had a winning strategy, you know, 6.5 or whatever you said it was yards per carry. Um, here, I got the, uh, no, that doesn't work. You know, in a game like this, and you could, you could talk about how well we got to, you know, toward the end, you're down a bunch, you got to throw it, but we ran more in the second half than we did the first half. So that I don't even buy that. That's it's it's frustrating, you know? I mean it's it's right there. It's right there for everybody to see the glaring strength and the glaring weakness between the Packers and the Vikings. Packers running the ball, Vikings stopping the run. And like clockwork, right? It it was exactly as as people thought. The Packers would dominate it on the ground and and man. To, to get away from it is is crazy. And and again, it wasn't a high-scoring game. They scored 23 points. It's not like they're up 38 to, to 7, and we don't have a choice but to throw the ball. That's not the case. So, yeah, that's uh, that there is frustrating. Hey, Ryan, it's Andy from Kansas. Hopefully I'm one hey. of the first callers. I'll get played <laughs> on the show before Wednesday. Sorry, but you are officially the last caller. Uh, we got two calls from Andy, and then we're getting out of here. Uh, first of all, week one of this year was not week one last year. I know both losses. This is not anywhere close to the same game. I know some people would say, yeah, but the effort didn't seem there. Uh, go back and watch week one last year. <laughs> the effort, the efforts are different in my opinion. Uh, this year, uh, we were one drop from Watson and one yard from Dylan away from scoring two more touchdowns. Very different thing. The last uh, drive that we made that we lost on downs would not have happened. I know, I know, the what-if game. We would have kicked the field goal probably. There were a lot of points sitting out there, okay? Not having our starting tackles still makes a difference. I'll go back to what I said earlier a few weeks ago. How come Patrick Mahomes doesn't suck at being a quarterback when he gets destroyed in the Super Bowl? Well, it's because his two tackles were up. But Aaron Rodgers... Has two has had two at least two if not you know only one for a long time and all of a sudden he's the problem. The narrative on the television is just it's it's getting so tiresome. Anyway, going over to the defense, I didn't think we had enough of a pass rush, but it looked like we hit Cousins eight times. Uh, I don't know. I just thought there'd be more energy. Why does the defense game plan for either Cook? Or Jefferson, because those two guys have killed us the last three losses we've had to the Vikings. It doesn't seem like we have like this plan to definitely take one of those guys away. I don't know. Is it the new offense we haven't seen from Minnesota? I have no idea. Uh, we should have run more. I know that that's hindsight type of comment, but our last run of the game was for 33 seconds left in the third quarter. We did not run once in the fourth quarter. Uh, oh, I think, yeah, zero times. I don't know. I mean. It's our preseason game. I'll say it like it probably was. I'm sure, there's a bunch of people that say, well, we should have played in the preseason. You've gone through that before. The Vikings just played their Super Bowl, just like they did the last <laughs> few years. Not too worried about it. I just want to see 
Better football. You know, we've been waiting. Anyway, see you. Bye. Yeah, I, it's like I've I've said a few times now. Um, I'm not as down on that performance. Um, there was a lot of bad with it, but it a lot of times with football, it comes down to just making the right plays at the right time. And Minnesota did that, and we didn't. Um, you know, I, I again, I don't want to just keep going back and doing this whole revisionist history thing with, you know, if, like with Justin Fields, if you take that one play away, if you take the Vikings plays to Jefferson away, how massive of an, I'm, I'm not saying you should, I'm just saying how massive of a change is that? If Watson catches the pass, if Dylan gets the, the one yard, as you said. I think the point is it didn't feel close, but it, it was closer than it felt. They were just that, you know, that, that one play. I don't mean literally one, but, but there was always just the one play. When you needed it, the Packers didn't have it. And the Vikings, when they needed it, they had it. And that was really the biggest difference. I mean, the, the Vikings were a more disciplined and clutch team. And, um, you know, these are the minor things that I think can be ironed out. I mean, the, the communication stuff on defense is, is, in my opinion, pretty inexcusable. I mean, this is a, this is a veteran defense with, with nothing but first-round picks all over the place. I mean, enough is enough with that. You know, you need to know what you're doing at this point. These guys are third, fourth, fifth-year guys, second year in this system. You, you can't have massive blown coverages, you know. I mean, that's that's insane to Justin Jefferson type stuff. You don't know if you're playing man or zone, how to pass guys off and everything. I mean, come on, man. It, it's it's That kind of stuff is inexcusable at this point, at this stage. And, and, you know, we can play the week one game. That's fine. But you can't be doing it, you know. But I, I do agree it felt different than than the Saints game. It, at least this, it just, it felt like there were, we weren't able to maintain, it's kind of like when you're, I don't know if, you've, if you have those chimneys for when you're trying to light your grill. Sometimes you kind of get it lit, but then it goes out. That's what the Packers felt like. It, it, there's that point when it just officially catches and then it just goes from there. It gets, you know, hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. And it just, it goes in one direction. And that direction is it's, it's exponential growth. But sometimes, you know, the wind is just there. It keeps putting out your flame, you know, or, or something's going on and it just will not catch. And that was the Packers. It just wouldn't catch. You saw the flashes. And I'll, I'll be, even if we lost, I hate to keep harping on it, but that Christian Watson thing was, was massive for so many reasons. I mean, it wasn't just the fact that it was a touchdown, the fact that it was the first play, the fact that he's a rookie and all that. It's where would we be right now? Even if the score, let's say the score was just 14-23, we still got beat. The only thing, you know, forget the whole butterfly effect thing. All we do is tack on seven points, we still lost. How are we feeling about this? I mean, I, I'll be honest. When I was watching the stream, I was way behind, and I was expecting a pick six because of the reaction that some of the guys were having. And what I saw was our rookie fly by guys like they were standing still, and yeah, he dropped it, but that's exactly what the Packers have wanted for a long time. That's what they wanted in MVS and never really had it. MVS didn't get behind people like that. On the first play as a rookie, he he would that was so much separation. He is so fast. And I know drops are a problem, and it doesn't do any good if he just keeps dropping it like that. But I mean it's 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 those kinds of things. I mean, that's a special kind of weapon we have in Christian Watson. I believe that. I was impressed with his blocking. I was impressed what he did behind the line of scrimmage. I was impressed, unbelievably impressed with his speed. I think a lot of the reason why he wasn't seeing, I mean, Rodgers stopped looking at him for one. Number two, there wasn't enough time for him to be able to set up and throw to him. But I, I genuinely believe, especially if we get our tackles back and the blocking improve, and who knows, maybe the Packers or the Vikings pass rush is, is one of the best, most dominant with Zadarius and Daniil. I don't know. But you get an improved offensive line, and I, I, I think that there were a lot of really positive takeaway. We don't want to admit it yet. And, and there are a lot of people listening to me right now that don't even want to hear it. But I think there, there are a lot of special things with Christian Watson that are going to be overshadowed because he dropped that pass and because we lost massively. And because, you know, if you look at the style, look at the wide receivers, so bad, blah, blah, blah. Dobbs, toward the end of the game, suddenly became like a big factor, plus what he did behind the line of scrimmage and things like that. He didn't drop those passes, right? Look clean, look slick. The, the run game, by the way, um, again, I was concerned coming into this. Why? Because our run blocking was not good last year, even despite, you know, how, how bad the Vikings and everything were. You know, you go up against bad defenses against the run, but we still couldn't quite get it going. That was pretty solid, what I saw, as far as running the ball is concerned. On top of all the other stuff we had, again, the gadgety plays to, to Watson and, and Dobbs and everything. That's an element that was, again, a really impressive facet of this game that we're going to kind of ignore. Um, again, the fact that they only scored 23 points, it felt like they hung 40 on us. They scored 23 and that's with like three or four massive plays from Justin Jefferson. They still only scored 23 and Jair 
locked him down when he was on him. Completely locked him down. Did, did anybody catch a pass on Jair? I don't think so. Um, the pass rush wasn't consistent enough, but how many times do we see guys? Kenny, I thought, had a monster day. Preston, I thought, had a really good day. Rashawn got there once or twice. But the, the problem wasn't that there was no pass rush. The problem was you'd have a flurry of three guys meeting at the quarterback one play, and the next play, Kirk Cousins has 25 minutes to sit in the pocket. So again, it's not a matter of it wasn't there. It's a matter of we just didn't see it enough. And the, and the bad was real bad. Right? It, we, we almost never saw... I mean, Stokes got beat a couple times. But there really wasn't a ton of just guys beating our corners. It was mostly blown coverages, which, I mean, again, isn't, isn't a good thing. But I'm, what I'm saying is if you clean up the communication and get play, people thinking, I, I don't know that they, they get a lot of yards against us. I don't know that they get a lot of points against us. Now, all that said, they still have to be able to put it together next week and the week after that or the week after that. Otherwise, it's going to be a whole lot of this, hey, we saw flashes, and then we, but we still got creamed. But again, to, to your point, I do think this was different than the Saints game. Anyways, we've got one more from Andy here. Oh, Ryan, Andy again. Um, besides the Packers being the worst team in the league, obviously, <laughs> uh, they're tied at the bottom with the Rams, the 49ers, the Bengals, the Titans. Um, anybody feeling good about the Eagles having to go all the way to the end against the Lions? Right. I know it's a, it's nice to see a win there, but right. are the Eagles right. feeling Decent about this? I don't think so. Just a few thoughts about, you know, who's obviously, like, the worst team in the league after week one. We see this every year. Have fun. Bye. Yeah, so and that's a good point and a good way to end it. How many teams should feel real good about week one? Um, Baltimore, I don't think should. They, they ran away with it in a 24-9. If you just look at the snapshot at the end of the game, that looks impressive. They nearly lost that game. And they just slowly started to run away with it at the end. I bet on Lamar Jackson. That was a massive mistake. He was 17 of 30 for 213 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. And again, I think two or maybe all three of those touchdowns came toward the end. Um, there was none in the fourth quarter, so it must have been one in the second, uh, two in the third. But they they really had a hard time getting going. So I, I don't know. I didn't watch it. But considering it's the Jets with their backup quarterback and they lost like two of their top offensive linemen and everything else... I don't know how you feel good trying to tell people you're a powerhouse and you struggled against the Jets. Carolina and Cleveland are both jokes. Indy tied with Houston. Uh, Jacksonville and Washington were, were in a bloodbath together. I don't know how you feel good about that. Miami and New England, right? I was real high on Miami. Maybe, fine, but you scored 20 points. Congratulations. I mean, the defense held New England to seven, although everybody kind of knew coming into this that New England's offense was a mess. But still, you got a good defense and an offense that put up 20 points, which sucks. Um, the Saints won, barely, almost losing to Atlanta. Atlanta is one of the worst teams in football who just lost one of the most accurate, proficient quarterbacks in the NFL and replaced him with Marcus Mariota. And they won with a, what, last-second field goal? Maybe it was a, actually, it was a, it was a, I think there was like less than a minute or something where they got a field goal and then they blocked the extra point or something, or blocked a field goal. Something to that effect, I don't know. And I, and I think it was a comeback against the Falcons, which always happens. But again, you don't feel good about that if you're New Orleans. That's garbage. Like I said about Philly, you gave up 35 points to Detroit. You're not feeling good about that. Cincinnati, supposed to be a powerhouse, a Super Bowl contender. That is one of the most brutal things ever. Uh, Chicago and San Francisco. Again, if you watch that and you think any of those teams should walk away with their head held high, you're out of your mind. That was pathetic. For both teams, it was it was horrific. Um, Minnesota, I suppose you should feel pretty good. Again, it was, it was all phases. Everything seemed to be good, but for a powerhouse offense to score 23 points, I mean, you, you can be happy that everything was, was more or less solid, but again, 23 points is not necessarily the most elite thing ever, especially for an offense supposed to be the most elite offense in all football. Kansas city crushing Arizona 44, 21. Is it, that's something where you should look at and be proud of that. I mean, 21 is, is obviously you didn't shut them down, but still, that's considered a very good offense. And, um, you know, 21 is, is, again, I think 24 is pretty standard, so 21 is fine. Um, Chargers, Raiders, 24-19. Again, I didn't watch it, but, you know, if you're the Raiders, obviously you're not feeling good because you just lost. The Chargers are, in my opinion, should have trounced the Raiders and did not. Uh, Tennessee lost to the Giants. And again, Buffalo's got to feel real good, 31-10 against the Rams. That, 
Buffalo and Kansas City are the two teams that are walking with their head held high, feeling like they run stuff. You know what I mean? And you know, if you if you look at last year, some of the score. Holy cow! The uh, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers played Week One last year. That's kind of funny. But again, right out of the gate, if you look at Packers Saints, Saints scored thirty eight, Packers scored three. The Saints missed the playoffs, and the Packers were the number one in the NFC. You know, the Chiefs hung thirty three on the Browns last year. The Dolphins actually beat the Patriots last year, which is again same matchup as Week One. Forty Niners Lions was forty one thirty three. Very similar. You, you, the 49ers allowed 33 points on the Lions. You'd almost say the Lions had a good offense, except they go on to win like three games that year. Cardinals annihilated the Titans 38-13. Remember, the Cardinals started 7-0 and and then just completely imploded. I mean, they still had a decent record at the end, but considering you started 7-0, and it didn't end the way you'd hope. Eagles scored 31, uh, 31 points on the Falcons, or 32 points on the Falcons last year, 32-6. Eagles obviously not as much of a powerhouse as you would expect based on that performance. And the Bills actually lost to the Steelers 23-16 last year. So, I mean, yeah, most of the time, the better team wins. Um, Buccaneers beat the Cowboys, arguably better than the Cowboys. Seahawks beat the Colts. I think the Colts are better. But, you know, how many times are you, are you feeling good about stuff and riding high and it doesn't necessarily go the way that you want or, or vice versa? You're feeling like garbage and everything turns out okay. But, yeah, to your point, I don't know how many teams are actually feeling great after week one. I mean, again, you're going to hear the Bears pumping their chest and the Vikings and everybody that won is feeling great, right? Steelers are on top of the world, even though everyone knows they're pretty trash. I mean, you know, they've got a great pass rush, but how many games is Mitch Trubisky going to win? I don't expect it to be a lot. We'll see, but I don't know. In fact, again, Baltimore beat the Jets 24-9. Cincinnati got embarrassed by Pittsburgh. I still think the Bengals win that division. So yeah, that's point well taken. Anyways, I'm going to get out of here. I got to wrap this up and then go do uh, the other podcast and whatnot. So get started on that. Hope you guys will check that out early tomorrow morning, going over some of the stats and whatnot. But you guys have a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.